another episode of The Matt Report. Today's guest is Chris Badgett from Lifter LMS. He's a lifelong teacher. I mean, this guy has taught people how to win Alaskan dog sled races, jump out of helicopters and survive the crazy conditions of Alaskan terrain. He's taught people how to make an omelet. I think it's like one of the most popular uh, videos on the Udemy platform on creating an, an omelet of all things. And now he's the CEO of Lifter LMS, and he's teaching people how to build sustainable educational businesses, right? People who are education entrepreneurs, as Chris puts it. He's helping them be successful, not only in their business, but really for WordPress. And we get into the nuances of that. As somebody who's you know, building this Lifter LMS software, which arguably could stand on its own two legs if he wanted to. If he wanted to peel away from WordPress, put it on its own hosted version, just like the competition does, and just move on and move away from WordPress. But he likes WordPress and he likes investing in this ecosystem. And we're going to learn a lot about that stuff today. I can't thank Chris enough for joining the show. It's been a long time coming. I've, I've known him for a while and I've followed his work for a long time. Love the product, uh, love the brand and love what he does with his company. Check out Lifter LMS and listen to today's podcast. But before we get there, mattreport.com, mattreport.com slash subscribe, join the mailing list. And let's say thanks to our sponsors. First sponsor of the day, Search WP. We love Search WP. Search WP finds content that WordPress ignores. So, you know, things like e-commerce product details, custom field content, custom database tables. I mean, that's a thing now. I think people are doing things with custom post types, with content management in WordPress, especially in this headless WordPress world that we're moving into, that we're already here. I mean, people are already doing it, but I think it's going to become a lot more uh, common, especially in this no-code world, connecting applications to each other, making API requests. SearchWP is going to help you do that, especially with their robust API endpoints and everything that you can do. SearchWP makes searching your WordPress content way better than any solution on the web. It starts at a hundred bucks for your site. It's very affordable very fast, very efficient. They have a great team over there. They've been in WordPress for quite some time. So look, if you're just building a project that needs better search, look no further than searchwp.com, searchwp.com. John Locke is back from lockdownseo.com. Lockdown, that's lock with an E, lockdownseo.com, just like maybe one of your favorite characters on the TV show Lost. Am I dating myself? Am I that old? Man, what a great show that was. LockdownSEO.com. We help manufacturing companies with search engine optimization so they get more requests for quotes. Basically, John drives traffic to these local manufacturing companies, manufacturing companies at large. He also focuses a lot on local SEO. So most of these types of companies are very local or regional. I have friends that own a couple machine shops and they're, it's, they're doing quotes, they're building things for local businesses, helping that local to regional economy. It's a big thing. It's not just Amazons and Googles of the world and SEO as we know it as internet marketers. There is hyper-focused, hyper-focused markets that John can help your client, you or your client perform in. I like to say this because I know most of you are WordPress freelancers or agency owners. I, I've been there. I've been there when, when the manufacturing company, one of our very first clients, manufactured soundproof covering for large uh, machinery 
and they needed more traffic to their website. They had a terrible website. We helped them, but we didn't know the industry. You know, we we sprinkled in some SEO, but it wasn't super effective. I knew it was way better than what they were doing. Had we had somebody like John to help us out, maybe you're in that situation, reach out to John and say, hey, I got this local manufacturer. I don't know a thing about local manufacturing SEO. Give him a ring. LockdownSEO.com. LockdownSEO.com. John, thanks for supporting the show. It's a real honor, Matt. And I'm not joking. It was uh, back in when I lived in Montana, which is actually where I was living when Lifter LMS started. Uh, I was listening to your show. I would be riding around in my car or on the bicycle listening to the Matt report. And I was so new to WordPress. I didn't know what this whole community thing was. I just kind of fell in love with it. And then many years later, I just woke up and being like, oh, yeah, I'm in the WordPress community. But you are such a big part of uh, me learning about this community and also just all the great entrepreneurial interviews you had. I really connected with the content and it helped me in my earlier days as a tech entrepreneur. So thank you. And it's an honor to be here. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Lifter LMS, which is a learning management system for WordPress. We take a similar track as WooCommerce. So we have a free plugin on the WordPress repository, a free core. You can look for that called Lifter LMS. And I'm really focused on the user and the success of my user. That's why I started a podcast called LMS Cast, which helps the education entrepreneur, not just with the tech and WordPress and stuff, but in all the other problems and opportunities they face. So you can find that at LMS Cast. I'm also a uh, homeschooling dad who lives in the country. I got a little farm here on the coast of Maine. Um, so I'm all about quality of life. I'm not just a business at all costs kind of guy. That's who I am, what I'm up to. You know, this whole podcasting and education thing, right, that you've been doing, I mean, you're, uh, right before the show started, uh, Andrew Warner from Mixergy was looking for people who specialize in either remote learning or or third degrees from that. And I know you as your background is this lifelong teacher. I mean, that, that's a fair thing to say, right? I have been a guy, like before WordPress, I was no tech. So I used to live in Alaska. I ran sled dogs up there. I would train. Um, I helped some, my, my boss, Linwood Fiedler, train for the Iditarod sled dog race. And I would manage his helicopter-supported sled dog tour business on a glacier in Alaska during the summers. And I did that for almost a decade. So I've been teaching people how to run sled dogs and um, became a manager and a leader and a team in a very challenging environment for a long time. So I say, I would say, and before that, I've done a lot of outdoor climbing and mountaineering and stuff like that. So I am a teacher very much, but in a, in the non-traditional sense, like not sure. in the classroom out in the, uh, you know, for me, a lot of it was outdoor leadership focused. In fact, my first website, my first time with WordPress was creating a blog called Outdoor Tribe. It doesn't exist, but that's where I, I wanted to go. I needed to place the blog about leadership. And that was my entry point into WordPress. You say no tech, like that's the challenging part compared to what you were doing. Because <laughs> 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 what you were doing sounds much more challenging than put together, putting together a, a WordPress website for sure. It's all relative. Uh, yeah. Some of the stuff I want to talk about today, I, I want to talk about the LMS scene, obviously specifically uh, Lifter LMS and where you're going. Uh, and then I want to talk about your expectations for uh, WordPress uh, itself as a software and and maybe even a little bit as a community. But look, I, I want to fast track right into this. I, I think everyone knows 
Lifter LMS at this point in the WordPress space? Is is that a fair statement? Like, are you like the dominant uh, LMS when people come to you? They say, yeah, I got to use this. Just give it to me. Is is, is that where you're at today in, in business accolades? When I go to WordPress events, people know who the product is. They probably, I like you, put myself out there in podcasts and YouTube and stuff. So like people are aware. Um, but I'm also kind of a head in the sand kind of company builder. So I don't focus on the competition. We focus on our customer. We've always lived that ethos. So I'm honestly not that aware because we're so like maniacally focused on the user and the customer and the different types of customers that are coming at us constantly with their needs. Um, so I, I honestly don't know <laughs> to, to <Yeah>. be completely <laughs> frank with you, but um, yeah. I have invested a lot of time and you know we sponsor some WordCamps and things like that. So we are well known in the space. Sure. But we do have some uh, great friendly rivals in the space as well. Um, there's LearnDash, there's Tutor LMS, there's uh, WooCommerce Sensei, uh, the automatic got there, and mm-hmm. there's a couple and uh, WP Courseware. There's a couple other players in the space, so it's and uh, it's good to have some friendly rivals as well. And there's a bunch of hosted platforms that are in the space as well that that people turn to as uh, you know as a complete alternative to WordPress. Uh, I love Lifter LMS. So I guess I should, uh, you know, disclose it. Like I love Lifter LMS. I use it for a lead generating tool uh, for my local podcast that I do here uh, on the south coast of Massachusetts. I, you know, I used to run an agency day to day because I do the podcast highlighting local entrepreneurs around here. I get the typical questions of like, how should I market myself? Hey, Matt, you're doing a podcast. Can you teach me how to do it too? And I have slivers of time uh, to commit to these types of things lately. So I said, I am just going to create a 10-part audio course using WordPress and Lifter LMS. And if you have those questions for me, just join. <laughs> you know, Just go to learn.southcoast.fm is what I say on my other podcast. And you can just take the free course right there. And I love it for that. Uh, have you found people using, I mean, I'm sure you have, but one or two standout ways that people use Lifter LMS that's not just a student's curriculum or a teacher's platform, that kind of thing? Oh yeah, 100%. I also use the same strategy. I call that a free course lead magnet. And you and I are both in, you know, we we do sales and stuff like that. So when you get repetitive questions a lot, (laughs) it's a good time to turn that into a free course that I think of it as an automated sales machine. Our, uh, our free course, the Lifter LMS Quick Start course, has like twenty five thousand users in it, or something like that. It's just it's just a lead gen and on autopilot or whatever. So you mm-hmm. can use a course for that. You can of course do courses or or even more integrated online schools, blended learning, that type of thing. I've seen companies using Lifter LMS to train their employees. There's and there are even software companies like Groundhog is using um, Lifter LMS and uh, WP Feedback and other couple WordPress companies there are using Lifter LMS to develop partner programs and train their customers. So it's super flexible. That's really the challenge of WordPress. You know, when I look at a, a tool like Kajabi or Teachable or Thinkific or Simplero, these are great SaaS solutions for online learning, but they're very focused on the specific avatar, like the expert industry, if you will. Mm-hmm. Which we can serve, but we also serve schools, businesses. I even had somebody build like a pay-per-view system with Lifter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> WordPress is so flexible. It's amazing what people build. I love it. And it's super challenging at the same time when it comes to product roadmapping and uh, marketing and stuff like that too. Yeah. I want to get into that stuff uh, a little bit later. Uh, 
cliche to say, but is business booming for you right now in terms of, you know, this COVID world that we live in and now people turning to, well, I have to shift my business uh, online. I know of people locally to me, specifically like yoga studios. I, I have a few friends that run some yoga studios and they found themselves thrust into doing more online classes and setting up this more structured uh, course-like system. And it put them into a whole new category. They, I know a few people who, who launched an online uh, learning for, for yoga and they were like, Matt, somebody from Boston signed up and you know, paid for our online class. That's not something we've ever experienced because usually it's come to the studio, you know, take a tour, explore, meet the, meet the coaches. And now it's like, eh, yeah, they watch some videos and they sign up for my service. Is business going uh, a little bit north for you now with, with all this stuff? Yeah, hundred percent. It is uh, booming. I like to say, uh, I mean, the digital transformation we've seen happening across lots of industries uh, has just been accelerated like five years and five months when it comes to online learning. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm one of these guys who's high contact with users and prospects and stuff because I, I need my finger on the pulse to build a great product. I need to hear what customers are trying to do. I need to hear the pain in their voice. So I get on the phone with people like, what's your, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to do? How are you trying to transform your continuing education business that you used to run inside hotel lobbies? Uh, I got university people on the phone who are trying to do stuff and find more affordable solutions. I got business owners trying to train their employees and uh, remotely instead of the on-site training they were doing. Um, and then I got people that are um, teachers who are stressed out looking for um, you know supplemental income, maybe doing things that don't scale. Like WordPress itself is more, it's kind of like Slack in the sense that it's a grassroots adoption. Like the schools at the top, they're like, Google Classroom or, you know, they just go with the big player. But then there's these education entrepreneurs, not just in K through 12, higher ed, community college, adult learning, mandatory continuing education, all these sectors, the, the education entrepreneurs inside there are coming at us uh, fast and furious. Mm. And um, yeah, so it, there's there has been a big boom in our industry. I've never really sat on the term education entrepreneur is that like is that an industry thing? Are you starting to see? Uh, it's probably this is probably just a foolish question to you, but are 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 there like word camps, but for education entrepreneurs these days? I started using that term in 2014 when we started Lifter LMS. Like, who's our target market? I'm like, well, there's these education entrepreneurs, but nobody calls themselves that. So it's yeah, uh, I like it. It's a challenging term in that it's not like in the zeitgeist or the collective consciousness, but mm. it's what I see inside people who are successful with the product and attracted to the product. Um, in terms of get together um, and like events and things like that, it, it's happening. Um, the challenge with it, the education entrepreneur is they have to be five people simultaneously. I call it the five hats problem. You have to be an expert. You have to be a technologist, you have to be a community builder, you have to be an instructional designer teacher, and you have to be an entrepreneur who does like business building and marketing and all that stuff. So those are five hats. Education entrepreneurs are extremely busy people that need to grow fast or build a team around them fast to be successful because it's really hard to wear all five of those hats at the same time. Mm. You asked about events. What I find is people are strong or weak in those various hats and they're attracted to different type of events like 
a tech conference like a WordCamp or something like uh, traffic and conversions, or maybe they're more teacher focused and they're going to like teacher symposiums and stuff, but there's no real like unifying stuff. I mean, there's some, some out there like uh, I would consider ConvertKit's conference creator con or whatever they call it is yep. um, that's a good one, but that's, that's focused on really just that expert niche, like the individual it's challenging because it's a little bit of a moving target, but in challenging times, it's the entrepreneurs who rise up and like kind of take the lemons and turn it into lemonade. And we're just seeing that in the expert space, but also inside companies and uh, training institutions and things like that as well. Uh, If all goes well, your episode will come after Jason Resnick, who uh, is someone who also spends a lot of time in creating membership like services and uh, digital download uh, course courses and things like that uh, for his brand over at res.com. And he and I were talking about, I've known him uh, for a while as well, like right around when I started the Matt Report. If you follow me on Twitter, you know I rant or I ha- used to rant about that get rich quick, how to sell courses, which yeah. I'm sure you've seen. What's your take on that? As I get older, I see people latch on to that mechanism of sales, for lack of a better phrase, because it's all they know. They, they think that that's what they have to sound like, act like, be like in order to be successful with a course. Do you feel like now in 2020, that noise of the last two, three years has kind of fizzled out a little bit and now people are, I don't know, more serious about this stuff or they've they're just moved on to be more mature uh, course hosts and, and education entrepreneurs? I think both are happening. I think the noise is getting louder, both for like the start an agency or start a mastermind or start a course or start a coaching program. Uh, like some of the stuff that's a little hypey around that is still pretty loud. But at the same time, this industry is maturing. So you're seeing people, you know, becoming more comfortable with technology and uh, like video cameras and everything else, which is actually what I want to interview you about on our podcast. The tools mm-hmm. have never been more accessible. And because of the long tail of things like podcasts where people have their own personality and it's okay, like, you know, Joe Rogan is not like a regular TV announcer, but it's okay. He's just being Joe Rogan. People are starting to get more and more comfortable with uh, the brand of you, if you will. Mm. So I think both are happening. Like, But really the fundamental thing inside your question I actually call it a, a program error error in the psychology of people mm-hmm. when they get really focused on make money online. And trust me, I'm not allergic to making money. I don't think there's anything <laughs> wrong with making money or making lots of money. I want our customers to become millionaires if they're selling their courses. It's great. But if we lose focus or even never start with a focus on the customer and the user and what our learner needs... What's their pain? What's the opportunity? What are they trying to accomplish? How do we help get them there, even in challenging circumstances? If we fix that, the money will come. But there is, unfortunately, in the space, a lot of focus on get rich quick or passive income, like, you know, easy button kind of stuff. But there's still a lot of great and wonderful things out there uh, as well. And there's a lot of experts that are... um, you know, they're finding their own way and they're finding their voice. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking about starting a course or a coaching program, uh, be, be more of you. You don't have to be somebody else. You can model something that you see working or whatever, but you don't need to become a different person. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, I fell, will raise my hand, guilty as, as charged. I remember starting uh, at the time, Matt Report Pro, which was me just like sitting back trying to figure out what am I doing with this podcast? And this is like, I don't know, whatever, eight years ago. It's like, what am I doing with this whole thing? Uh, sure, I have the agency stuff at the time, but I was just like, uh, I see everybody selling courses, right? <laughs> and doing membership stuff. So let me go and do that too, which actually worked for maybe like six to eight months. I can't remember, or maybe even a year. I can't remember the time span. Uh, but like you said, those five hats, very difficult to wear. Uh, very difficult to balance it all, create the content, market it, keep it going. Uh, I found that obviously supremely challenging and I just sort of ended up folding it, you know, after some time, what do you do to support your customers who might be struggling with that? And I'll frame it with what I know best is like the HubSpot model. They have HubSpot Academy. Uh, you have to go through, get quote unquote certified, you have an LMS piece of software. What do you do for your customers to, to help level them up so they do find success? Uh, there's a lot. This is actually how, the, how I think about business. I put the customer at the center, not the product. So what, is the cust- what needs to surround the customer? The product is just one thing. In this case, the LMS software. Uh, we got the podcast, over 300 episodes, not just me talking, but interviewing smart people on all kinds of five hats issues to help provide support. We look at our customer support as a feature, not a cost center. So we invest in customer support. We pay our customer support people well. We care about how fast people get back. We care about tickets getting resolved. We back channel with other companies when our customers are having problems with other people's tools to make sure we can try to get them in a good spot. Our top customers of the Lift LMS Infinity Bundle, we have... The mo- one of the most expensive, if not the most expensive software offer in WordPress is $1,000 for the Infinity Bundle. But that also includes access to a weekly live call that I have been running every week for years where we do live customer support, but also strategy support. It's a little bit of a mastermind because there's some other people in there doing similar things. So they help each other and we get into like tool recommendations and all kinds of stuff. When people first buy the software, we don't, sure, we have a lot of automation and stuff like that and email, nurture sequences, onboarding campaigns, setup wizard, all that stuff. But we also have live onboarding calls. We call them liftoff sessions. You know, because of our price point, we're not enterprise. Nobody, not everybody gets an account manager, but they can come to a live group call where we answer their questions and kind of get them over all those initial hurdles to activate in the product to get going in the right direction. So we got that. And really a lot of it just is philosophy of like getting in the trenches with them, making sure we're hearing what they're trying to do, hearing where they're getting stuck. We're constantly surveying, asking for feedback. Hey, what do you need? How can we help? Our, Our Facebook group is huge. As of this recording, I think we have about 7,500 people in there. I remember when I started that thing, it was just me talking into the darkness. And then uh, (laughs) now, and people are like, hey, how'd you do it? I'm like, dude, I I go into that group and help people five days a week for the past six years or whatever it's been and other people. And there was this magic thing that happened at at like 400 members. Finally, they started helping each other a little bit. (laughs) So, so, uh, but that's a lot of work, but I'm kind of rambling now, but those are, that's the way I think about it is, was our customer need to be successful? 
first of all, do we know where they're stuck? So are we, do we have feedback and then what can we put in place to support them? Yeah. You know, I don't know, but a lot of people think that you can just, which is silly to say, because you would think that humanity would learn their lessons by <laughs> now, but people are still think like launching a product, make, starting a business, creating a plugin, building a community, selling uh, a course or an education sequence. You can just get a blueprint and you just follow this blueprint and it's going to work, right? And now that I'm at Castos, uh as director of podcaster success, I talk to people for our services side where we help people edit shows and and do all the busy work of podcasting so they don't have to. People are like, well, can you just, just make the show better? Uh, well, what do you mean make the show better? Well, let's just make it better. Like, you know, tell me how to like do better shows and ask better questions. And well, I, I mean, we can help you, but we can't be there for every show. <laughs> like yeah. we can't be there at like you have to get better at some point yourself. Uh, people just sometimes think they can just throw money at a problem or get a blueprint. It's just, it, it takes time. And I love the, uh, I love the example of going into that Facebook group and talking into the darkness. Cause literally that's what I did and do for everything I do. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I don't know how to bottle that up in some sexy fashion that says, this is what you have to do. <laughs> this is all it is. Uh, have fun. Uh, nobody, I guess, would be attracted to that uh, concept, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's a balance. Like, um, you know, I, I love this framework where you got to have a clear customer, a clear result, and a clear mechanism to get them to that result. And uh, if you clean up the clarity of the customer and you clean up the um the specific result we're driving for it is possible to develop frameworks and blueprints and paths that people can follow but humans are humans too it gets messy <laughs> and uh i know what you mean it's it sounds easy but it's not an yeah. example again from my local podcast and, and i'm glad even you know obviously I didn't. I did not expect to learn. Not expect to learn something from you today. But when I started my local podcast, I started a Facebook group as well for the entrepreneurs to to, to come together and and help each other with content marketing, online business stuff. Because such a there's no real focal point down here for people that that teach that stuff. And much like you, started the group, talked to the darkness, and you know really put in a lot of effort. Uh, three times a week, you know, having some structure around my Facebook group. And it took me a year <laughs> to build that Facebook group up to 100 members. And not in, even until like that 100th member did like two or three, maybe four people started, con you know, always commenting, always helping each yeah. other out. And it's like, wow, there's a lot of effort here. <laughs> it takes some time. It's serious stuff. Well, I call that uh, moving slow to move fast later. A lot of the entrepreneur lore is around like, oh, I just made this little tweak and I have this super efficient thing and then it just exploded. But the reality, the unsung heroes of entrepreneurship and community building, it's like all this grunt work that's like the whole, you know, 10 years to overnight success stuff. That's what I see. So you mentioned some other hosted platforms. I want to transition into the future of WordPress and I'll frame it with an issue my brother ran into. So he runs a website called thetraderisk.com where he talks about trading, cryptocurrency, day trading, all these types of financial services that he helps consult people with. And just the other day, he was like, 
man, I am getting tired of keeping WordPress updated, keeping WooCommerce updated, keeping Beaver Builder updated, <laughs> you know, and he uses Paid Memberships Pro, which he started like five years ago. And I'm really just tired of continuing with keeping all of this stuff going. And the real, you know, crux of the business is delivering this content. Do customers that you have that have been with you for five years or more, are they having the same kind of pain points? And do you ever just say, ah, to heck with this WordPress thing, we're just going to do a hosted version. Is that ever on the radar or, or come across the bow of your, of your ship? I love this question. As a salesperson, I think you'd appreciate this, where I have to oftentimes make two sales. The first sale I make is for WordPress, yeah. and then I make it for Lifter LMS. Yep. And so that, what is the value proposition of WordPress? Is it painful? Is it clunky? It can be, yep. The way I think about it is when you're new to WordPress, you often overcomplicate it. You get too much stuff going on. And then you got to like earn the right through experience to become minimalist. Like, please, I'm going to, I'm going to build an entire web application website with 10 plugins. You can do that. You don't need mm -hmm. 80, you don't need 200 or whatever. Um, but things get messy and like sometimes stuff breaks or whatever, but also SaaS goes down. And what I see, so I get a lot of customers leaving SaaS tools and they're like, I want the ownership, I want the flexibility, and I want the like the community, the ecosystem of WordPress. That's why I'm coming to you. So that's why they come. But that stuff is like a two-edged sword, right? right. You, you got products made by different companies that are being used together. But at the end of the day, I, I finally kind of realized the, what is the ultimate, the ultimate value proposition? Like what is the leading point on the spear? And it's the flexibility. It's the customizable. I've reviewed, I'm like a, you know, a marketing nerd. So I read like all these reviews and, and all this stuff. And what people say about why you should, why'd you switch to Lifter? Why'd you choose Lifter? They're like, the word customize comes up all the time. So that customizability mm -hmm but it comes at a cost. And I've seen people like make some noise, leave WordPress, go try something, and then either complain about how expensive the new thing is, or they <laughs> or they just come back because they're like, you know what, that thing, like once you get used to the flexibility, it's hard to give it up. Yeah. So I do hear you on it, and I don't think that WordPress is the answer for everybody. If somebody is like uh, expert and coming over, and they're like super tech new, it might, it might not be it, especially if they can't afford to hire a, what you would call a blue collar digital worker to like mm. part, help them along that journey. And, and that might be the best solution for them. But if they're not ready for that, they should get it. They should get a SaaS solution. But yeah, overall, I, I think this is the funny thing about WordPress. And I experienced this at a smaller level with my plugin is it's crazy that like it's designed for beginners and advanced developers at the same time. It's, right. it's both beautiful and ugly at the same time because of that. So it's, uh, at the end of the day though, I, 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 I personally am an evangelist and love it for that. Um, but I use SaaS tools. Like if, if there's a SaaS tool that makes my life easier, I'm there. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to choose the best tool for the job, not the brand. Yeah. So, and, and for me right now and for WordPress, there's a, it's the right fit for a lot of people.
If you were a startup mentor, you you know, and somebody came to you with the idea of WordPress, you'd be like, "No, this is crazy. You're you're servicing two different customers, uh, you know, with with this with this piece of software. It's either you do you want it to be the basic user or do you want it to be the enterprise user? Pick one and focus on it and get really good at it." Uh, There's also, if I was a startup advisor, the economics of it is different. And I didn't know this because I just kind of fumbled my way into entrepreneurship from being a dog musher from Alaska, right? Like I'm not, I'm not, I didn't, I didn't move to San Francisco and go try to start a startup. I just started figuring out how to uh, build websites so I could blog and then later built an agency out of that and then developed a product out of that. It was all very organic that I ended up where I ended up, but I straight up, it's harder to make money in as a software entrepreneur in WordPress than in traditional SaaS. But there's a lot of great things in Word in the WordPress ecosystem as well. So would I advise against it? Um, I think it just depends on the person and the project and the motivation and what they want to do and and uh, the whole like low code no code thing that I know we talked about earlier. Just like what you can do with WordPress as a starting point is really amazing. Yeah, how do you smooth over that? customer expectation, like you said, you maybe look at a word cloud, you see everybody says they want uh, customization or custom. And with the expectations of uh, low code, no code being such a such a buzzword lately, uh, side note, I've seen WordPress get in thrown into that and that must just boil that must just boil Matt's blood. <laughs> Seeing like, yeah. Oh yeah, it's just this no code tool. Let's, let's move on. Um, how do you smooth over that expectation? Because I think a lot of product owners listening to this and even agency owners when they give a, a, a tool or a consultant give a tool like, I don't know, like a Gravity Forms or even yours, like Lifter LMS, uh, the expectation is, well, I just point, click and it just works, right? How, how do you, when somebody gives you money for that software and then you say, yeah, well, with your theme, you might need to write some HTML and CSS for the product uh, cat- or the cat- class catalog to look uh, better than what it is now. How do you smooth those little fine points over with your customers? This is a really great question. And I just want to add though, just as a, as a philosophical conversation with no code, I could build a Udemy clone with Lifter and WooCommerce and some other WooCommerce plugins. It, Udemy was a $7 million venture backed company or something that of uh, how much VC money went in, maybe more, but you could build that with, uh, WordPress without being a developer and not needing to write any code just by putting some plugins together. So that's what, when I think of WordPress and no code, I think about, it's amazing that you can do that. And I have customers right. doing stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so in terms of getting into it, I think what we do as entrepreneurs is we are in the friction removal business. That's what we do every, and, and you have to love it. I mean, you hate the friction too, but, um, and this is what makes WordPress great. Like, uh, for example, there's a new theme on the up and up called Cadence. It's got, I can see it firing up in the WordPress community. And they built a bunch of awesome, sweet Lifter LMS uh, customization tools into their uh, free theme. And it's it has the most um, options of any theme and it looks gorgeous and it's super easy to use and they have a one click import of like a course template and they have these blocks that are already done it's it's amazing so they are removing the friction but together as an as a community in wordpress we're all working together we got the blue collar digital worker 
we got the um you know the plugin creators the theme creators the block creators the um the the educators like sean over wp 101 we're all like working together to um pull it off and then when somebody comes in if they're a diy person i can't tell you how many times i talk to people and i'm like they're in our community anyways that i'm their first entry into wordpress so i'm like all right you guys you guys need to go take this free course on our academy site <laughs> yeah which i licensed from sean at wp 101 it's, it's the beginner's wordpress course it's awesome and uh I recommend, and then we put together a recommended resources page and we just create content for days and there's YouTubers making tons of money, just click by click showing people how to do it. But there is some friction there. But mm -hmm. with that friction, uh, there's options, there's customizability, but um, it is it is hard. What this community needs is a way for people to not end up like overbuilt, like into like a page builder and they got just way, they got ahead of themselves and they're like out of control. <laughs> yeah, I see. I see that a lot. Unfortunately, where people are just like, "Man, I know that's part of the learning process. Sometimes you got to do a lot before you can become a minimalist." But uh, it does get a little out of control, and, and then and that's when people throw up their hands and they're like, "I'm out of here. I'm going to Kajabi, Teach Teachable, Thinkific, whatever it happens." Do you think it's a zero sum game? Like, eventually, people just start on WordPress, get frustrated, go to a hosting platform actually learn uh, like a hosted SaaS solution, actually learn what's most important, which is actually creating the content, running the business. And then they hit, you know, the ceiling of a hosted platform. And then they just, you know, oh, well, well, I guess I'll come back to WordPress, <laughs> you know, until five years later after that decision, WordPress changes again, which frustrates them. Gutenberg 2.0 or whatever. Uh, and then they're off uh, to the hosted solutions again. Do you, do you think anyone leader or do you ever think like WordPress will be the most dominant solution in five years time? Well, um, I guess I'm always surprised at of the, if we just look at, let's just say the expert industry, uh, WordPress is not the dominant player when you add in all the SaaS solutions for that. Like I'm just mm. talking about the niche that I know. Yeah. And I'm always surprised like, why aren't more people, um, there's a lot, part of it's marketing. Like a lot of these SaaS solutions just pour on the, the marketing and that's, it's insane. Like it's just very heavy, mm. but I don't, no, I don't think there's a, um, it's a zero sum game and ultimately we'll end up with just one Amazon. If that were the case, it would be, you know, Google acquires zoom and we're done. It's, uh, <laughs> but I don't think that's going right. to happen. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's an ecosystem and. I mean, the thing that I obsess about is like, I'm a, I'm a thinker like you and I'm like looking at the big picture, like what's going on here? And I look at people like Ziv Raviv, who's an Israeli balloon artist who is using my software. He made $277,000 in 2019 teaching a niche that only has a thousand people in it, a total addressable market of a thousand balloon artists worldwide, basically balloon artist business building. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what makes, and Ziv is like the perfect fit for WordPress. You know, you may disagree with some of his tools or whatever. Like he, I don't, I'm not sure what he uses for hosting. I think he uses Divi. I think he uses, um, he, I know he uses Lifter and he uses all these tools, but he, um, he's like the perfect fit and he will never leave WordPress. Right. And, uh, 
Yeah, but but you know, similar to uh, email marketing and whatever, like sometimes we switch. You know, I used to be on Infusionsoft a long time ago, and I switched to Active Campaign like six years ago. Mm. People people move around. When people move around, it's a commodity. Yeah. But if when there's more there, I'll tell you what frustrates me the most, and I like it at the same time. When I when I ask people what they love, why'd you choose Lyft or what whatever, like why'd you choose us? Why'd you stay here? What do you like most? They always say the community, not always, but they say the community, they say the trust, they, that we're engaged. They're not talking about the features of the product. Right. And I'm like, that is so interesting to me because I, I really want to hear how amazing the product is, but they're, va- they're placing the most value on the community, which I think is the story of WordPress in general. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, we're, yeah. we're in this space that, I mean, look, we're in the you know, for the most part, for 99.9% of the people listening to this, we're, we're in the web space, right? New stuff is attractive, right? New stuff is, hey, it's, it's alluring. We, we want to try some new technology. Can we do it faster? Can we do it better, bigger, bolder, a little bit more efficient at lower costs? Uh, you know, I, I just spoke about this on the episode that, uh, that went out today, which is, look, I think a lot of people that said, oh, I'm done with WordPress when Gutenberg came out, came out. They, I think most people were just looking for an excuse. <laughs> and that was it. Like that was something they could latch on to. I mean, sure, there's some deep dive 1% developers who didn't agree with the code or whatever, right? That is built as how Gutenberg is built. But I think a lot of people were just like, we've been doing this for 15 years. And this is something for us to latch on to. You say, you know what? Finally, I can, I can dust my hands and, and move on. Uh, uh, to Gutenberg or away from Gutenberg because I'm just not happy with this. And it gave them an excuse to try something else. Meanwhile, <laughs> you know, uh, not to not to peg uh, Justin Jackson in, in the same cohort there, but I'll see him working on his static site as he does with his Twitch live stream or YouTube live stream, whatever he does. You know, if you've ever watched it, he's like two inches from the screen, his hand is in his hair and he's <laughs> and he's manipulating a pricing table with HTML, CSS. He's deploying it, right? He's waiting for it, you know, to commit whatever. And then he's hit a refresh. And I just look at it, and he's just like frustrated with fixing margins and paddings. I'm like, dude, Beaver Builder, two seconds, page uh, price block. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, Gutenberg yeah. price block. I am done. I don't even yeah. have to think about this stuff, right? Uh, so look, I, I, you know, I guess you know, there's a little bit of that lust to try something new in this space. But at the same time, like you, you give up uh, the control or you go super easy. It's either super hard or super easy. There's benefits to both, um, you know, and, and, and I'm right there. I'm right there with you. Like, I, I don't think that WordPress is great for everyone, but at the same time, hell, I couldn't give a static site to somebody and say, here you go, just install it. You know, if they owned a pizza shop, yeah, go to go install Statomic on on Netlify, uh, but don't forget to set up your local environment first, and then commit it to your GitHub repo. <laughs> Good yeah. luck. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, no, I, que- no question there. Just a just a soapbox moment. Uh, yeah, I just want to say I I um I totally agree with you. It's a double edged sword, but it's the right sword for for some people. And um, you know, whether you're a power user, a power DIYer, or you're like me and you just kind of fell into WordPress as a user and then you just slowly fell in love with it in the community, like that, I don't think that journey is going to go away. Or right. there's people who want the customizability, customizability and they can afford to hire the agency or hire the team member or hire the freelancer to help them both 
achieve the goal of customizability, but not get into the tech weeds themselves. Yeah. I'll give you the big heavy question. You can shy away from my conspiracy theory uh, <laughs> to, save, to save yourself. Uh, but look, I'm looking forward, like you, I'm just curious. Uh, I'm always watching things, uh, again, like the no-code, low-code movement, looking at things like Webflow, looking at what WordPress is doing with, uh, of course, Gutenberg and the full site editing experience, which will be uh, coming soon, what people like uh, Elementor and Beaver Builder are doing. Um, even the folks at Breezy, like I think that's an underrated page builder they have a hosted platform and they have the page builder experience like i'm looking at all these things and i'm wondering how wordpress executes on this in the future i think user experience is critical um i think we're just at at a point where wordpress is it it doesn't know its own identity right now and i think the identity in two years will be just a full website building experience um you know and and i think the vehicle that sort of uh glues the premium premium experience to that will be jetpack in other words the marketing play on jetpack in two years will be the best way to experience your wordpress site one plugin all the features you ever need done um that's my sort of take on it where do you think we end up with wordpress full site experience do you think these page builders are all going to have to pull off and do their own hosted solutions to survive is there any room for these types of things i think we can have our cake and eat it too and what i mean by that and i i think i don't know for sure but i think uh matt mullenweg might view it this way as well where we can and I think he's learned a lot as him using him as an example on his journey of .com.org and all that. Like you got the SaaS and then you got the WordPress that when we, you know, slim the, the friction between a WordPress site and things like a mobile app, or we slim the, the connection between a WordPress site and a, um, uh, like all the activity that we see in the WAS movement, the website as a service movement, where people are building like SaaS-like applications using WordPress on the back end and kind of SaaSifying it. You can kind of have your cake and eat it too. But I think what I mean by that is where I think we're going to end up is um, I think it's going to all work out at the end. I'm an eternal optimist though. And I believe in the goodness of people and community. Not, And I, I'm also all about capitalism too. I'm not saying that I'm glad that hosting companies are, you know, acquiring talent and working on solving all the friction at the hosting layer. You know, mm -hmm. today, today uh, I think I saw an article about GoDaddy with Skyverge and Jilt. Yeah. You know, the customer doesn't want a hosting plan. They want a, they want a, a digital transformation for their business and they may need WooCommerce. They may need hosting. They may need uh, email accounts. They may need um, a, a page builder, a, a graphical user interface so that they can like work the content themselves or their tech person can. So all this needs to happen. Um, I'm optimistic that it's just going to keep evolving where the power users can just be more deeper in WordPress, but there'll be an easier experience for those on the front end that use it in a much more uh, SaaS-like way. But yeah. I, that, that's a little abstract, but I think that's where we're going. And that's that's my hope for the future, that we can coexist. Where 
uh i mean it's it's people like you and me matt who like we we could roll up our sleeves and just took the bet of like i don't know where i'm not really a tech person but i'm gonna buy a hosting account and see where this goes and watch some youtube videos and start figuring this out but we're like the early adopters we're the first wave and as the user story the little the literally the story of users whether that's business owner or passionate expert about a topic or you know professional who's trying to get some job done they don't they just need a solution and um i'd love it for the the diyer to be able to use uh wordpress and all the raw and uh you know modular way but also have smart um SaaS like experiences on top of it so yeah. Yeah, it's uh yeah, god I hate overusing the word interesting. It is interesting, you know, to see where all of this stuff goes. Like like you were saying before about your Udemy example uh by piecing together some of the the no code low code stuff. Yeah, uh you know, it's it's you playing around with uh webflow for example and and just seeing what you know, you can do to to use what you said before, like a lot of people just throw this marketing stuff at it or tons and tons of marketing stuff by stuff. I mean, money, <laughs> yeah. tons of money to attract people to these platforms, but you get in there and it's the same thing. It's like, okay. It's like when you open up Webflow, it looks like you opened up Photoshop. I don't <laughs> yeah. know what, what this toolbar of literally 50 icons is supposed to do for me. There's a massive learning curve. And, um, not that this is the core focus, but uh, bub- I think it's bubble.io, bubble.io, which is like a, a, a no-code, low-code coding platform. I think they do it the best. It's not the best looking, but they have the most training uh, tools to help people along the way. I love those tools too. I think they're super smart. I think they do some fun things. But at the end of the day, like I can't, I like I really wrestle with the fact like if I built something on this, it feels weird that it's a, that it's not my platform. <laughs> it just feels weird that it's not WordPress. So I, I do hope this for the success, obviously, of WordPress. But those well, types know, of I just I just have a comment on that. Uh, Kevin Kelly wrote that that article, "A Thousand True Fans" or whatever, and he also wrote something about um, moving from ownership to access as like mm-hmm. being the future. Like we don't own cars; we just Uber. We don't own vacation homes; we just Airbnb. He like saw this coming a long time ago. And I think it's like WordPress and what it represents and the ownership that you're talking about of like having your digital stake in the ground and having that agency and that control over it. It's kind of like we went to me just, I mean, I have a background in anthropology and cultural social science and stuff. So what I see is like this, this move in the human psychology to like, I'm just outsourcing everything to services or software as a services but then there's almost a longing to be able to get it back. So you kind of, you can, and on, in this current times, like even with the pandemic and everything that's going on, um, people are bringing things back like to uh, like, whoa, maybe we should have some ownership of some of these aspects of how we live our life and take kind of <laughs> yeah. take more control. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I, you mentioned your brother doing a, um, a trading thing. With like, I mean, what's going on right now with like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and everything? Uh, there is a place in our society for decentralized sovereign ownership as part of the human experience. We can't outsource everything. Yeah, 
hundred percent. And let me dumb it down for for those of you listening that might not be on the level uh, of Chris because you're a well versed and very intelligent person. Uh, let's talk Purdue chicken. <laughs> right okay. when when COVID hit and everyone was like. We're not going to have any meat because Purdue is backed up, you know, for whatever it was. Like people are getting COVID there, and they're we're going to have low uh, poultry and meats for the next six months. Who said Purdue should be the one giving out all of our food? <laughs> you know, that's what I was yelling at the TV. So you're absolutely right. Like this claim to ownership uh, of getting small farms sustainability uh, back into the local sectors or certainly the regional sectors, I think is like you know, again like. Who gave Purdue the keys to the castle? Not me. I don't want Purdue chicken. <laughs> I well, don't know well, who said we that. All, we all did in a way too with our, we had to take responsibility at the, at the shopping, at the grocery store. Like uh, right. our buying decisions are part of it too. But like you, I mean, I'm looking out my, the window of my office and I can see my 10 egg laying chickens right there just walking around. I can see our three pigs, like having some ownership. And you don't have to go big. Maybe it's doing some container gardening at home or something like that. But having that feeling of ownership and what you produce is is pretty cool. And when it comes to yeah. business, um, you know, having some ownership in your assets, which includes your web properties, is I think it kind of makes sense. He's Chris Badgett. Chris, where can folks find you to say thanks? You can find me at lifterlms.com. It's a learning management system for WordPress. And I also have a podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, go leave Matt a review. I love this show. (laughs) I've listened to it so much over the years. And especially, I can't tell you how helpful it was in the early days of WordPress for me, of my WordPress journey. So go uh, pay him thanks with a review. If you want to check out my podcast, just do a search for LMSCast. And that's my solution to uh, if you're interested in creating online courses. And I don't just talk about tech. I talk about all those five hats we talked about earlier with some smart guests. So that's how you can find me. I'm also active at, on Twitter at Chris Badgett. And you're going to be reactive on YouTube again? Yeah, I need to get it. See, this is the thing. When I ran into you, Matt, uh, I was like, all right, he's got that weird thing I got where like we like selling, we like marketing, we like YouTube, we like podcasting, we like WordPress. Yep. And uh, I, I love the friendly challenge rivalry we have each other. Uh, yeah, I want to figure out how I do some YouTube for my business, but also have a personal YouTube channel. And I, I really want to figure out YouTube and get it in- fully integrated because I think it's a beautiful platform for communication and community and you know, sharing. So thanks for the challenge. I'm going to get back on it. Yeah, I get check. At least go to his YouTube channel and, and check out the walkthrough of his office. It's uh, it's envious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, MattReport.com, MattReport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.